Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to talk about moonshots. And I don't mean moonshots in the sense of wildly ambitious dreams. Although, come to think of it, yeah, yeah. We're also going to talk a lot about wildly ambitious dreams. But today's focus is on actually going to the moon. Shin Nakajima's startup, Daimon, has built a lunar rover called Yaoki that later this year will be traveling to the moon as part of NASA's Artemis project. Now, the name Yaoki comes from the Japanese expression Nanakarobi Yaoki. Which means falling down seven times and getting up eight. It means persisting in the face of repeated failures. It means never giving up. And both that word and that outlook on life feature prominently in today's conversation. We have an interesting debate on the role startups have to play in space exploration. And I don't mean just the SpaceX scale startups. SpaceX is doing awesome things, but most aspiring founders don't have access to the level of capital needed to, to play at that scale. We're talking about how small teams of innovators can make a difference, and how NASA, and maybe even JAXA, are changing in order to give them the chance to make that difference. Shin and I talk about the design of the Aoki rover itself. How he raised money for a project that almost no one believed in, and what it really takes to get your technology approved for a NASA mission. But you know, Shin tells that story much better than I can. So let's get right to the interview. So we're sitting here with Shin Nakajima of Daimon. So thanks for sitting down with us. Thank you. You too. You make this amazing lunar rover, Yaoki,、yeah. which is just amazingly cool. Tell us a little about the rover. This is、uh, what I am developing for 10 years, and now it's finished. And now、uh, it is contract with NASA moon rover project, which is called an Artemis. We are joining for commercial lunar payload service. And for our listeners who can't, See this. This looks nothing like you would imagine a lunar rover would look like. It's like, can I hold it? Yes, that's、okay. so cool. It, it's I don't even know how to describe it. it. It's looks like a little barbell with with treads on it. Yes. I mean, this is really tiny, right? So very very tiny, and、uh, it's just on the on the hand. So it's about. Six inches by six inches or so. It looks like a camera, camera size, and two hoils, and also this can ram even drop because the hoil is covering the body. So each time, every time, hoil can touch the ground. So no matter what happens to it, it will always have wheels on the ground. Yes, always.、It、can always move forward, and that's actually part of the name, right?、Yaoki. This name is Yaoki. Yaoki comes from the Nanakorobi Yaoki. The Nanakorobi Yaoki direct translation to English is seven drops but eight coming up. So fall down seven times, stand up eight. 
So like, never give up. Right. And you are, well, not you, but this cool little rover is flying to the moon later this year. Later this year. This is decided and announced by NASA website. <laughs> okay, I really wanted to get into the, the specs and the mission and the business model in just a minute. But before that, I want to talk a little about you. And, and you have been working on this project for a really long time. Yes. Actually, it takes about 10 years. So, I mean, let's see, you founded in 2012, right? 2012, I founded this company, Daimon. Okay, well, let's, let's back to the very beginning. So before Daimon, you worked at uh, Audi as an automotive Audi. engineer? Yes, Audi Quattro System. You know, the Quattro System means... Four-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive systems. I was inventor of that system. So what made you decide to start a startup? And especially uh, like a lunar explorer yes. startup. Yes, 10 years ago, I was something like a, one of the cool driving engineer. I prouded myself, <laughs> honestly. And the, the earthquake, big earthquake happens in Japan. Maybe everybody knows. Tohoku earthquake. That time I decided to stop the, my engineer job and make a startup because I don't think in the future car vehicle is not important, but something else. So was your original vision lunar rovers or was your original vision something else? Honestly speaking, after the earthquake, what I decided is just quit my job. And after that, I think what to do next. <laughs> then, okay, I'm a driving engineer. So next step should be not us, but the space, okay, moon. Wow. Because I would think, especially after the 311 earthquake, there's so much like in, in search and rescue or, or like um, the nuclear power plants, they, they were yes. looking for robots to go in right. and clean up. Would, right. Did you ever, think about that or were you just focused on space? Okay, 10 years ago there is no plan to go to the moon every countries. But I decided my goal is to develop the lunar rover. But actually, how can I earn the money? Right, yeah, yeah, I mean that's... This is a big problem because I was only one person. So nothing, nothing but I decided to develop the lunar rover. And Next big matter is how to earn the money. To earn the money, I also developed a robot. Not to say lunar rover, but say robot. So 10 years ago, the main business is to develop the robots. Right, because I mean, 10 years ago, no one is going to pay you to develop a lunar rover. Doesn't make any Not gonna money. So, so what kind of projects, what kind of robots were you developing in the early days? Of course, many things, but some example. Uh, wire inspection robot. Oh, so for example, uh, the, the power, power lines? Yes, power lines, electric power lines. And as everybody knows, it is now getting older. And still, this inspection is done by human. So very dangerous, and of course, some accident happens. Well, that sounds like an incredibly useful and profitable robot to be building. 
why did you stop? Why did, why did you, <laughs> is it just you really just had this passion for, for building the lunar rover? Uh, because uh, this kind of development is um, not my own dream. <laughs> okay. So this is important, but not perfectly mine. My own dream is moon. So in the background, you were always working on the lunar rover? Uh, something like that. On the daytime, I am doing a job for robots. And nighttime, I am developing the lunar rover. So when, when was the big chain? In 2012, nobody's thinking about private lunar robots, except for you and maybe a few people. When was Daimon able to really pivot and focus on lunar rovers? Uh, this is a good question. This point was like five years ago. To developing robots is going well. Very lucky I can earn money. Then I have one idea. Maybe I can continue developing the lunar rover for maybe two years. In two years, maybe someone developing the rocket to go to the moon, but no guarantee. And actually, Trump did. President Trump announced we decided to go to the moon again. The Artemis project? Which is called Artemis. And lucky things for me is Artemis program is uh, having the ticket to join Global Ticket. All oh, right, it's not just American companies, it's anywhere in the world. Yes, this is very lucky for me because Artemis is, of course, the American project. And most company is, of course, American. But only few, the global attendance is approved. Okay, well, that brings us back to today. So let's get back to the moon. Your little rover will be flying to the lunar south pole later this year. What's the goal of this mission? Yes, this mission to inspect the water. So searching for water. Search of water. And why, why is that important? In the upper case, Upper inspection result is moon has nothing, only sand. But after that, the satellite is searching the water signal. It should be a lot of water on the moon. And if there are a lot of water on the moon, this water can be used as space energy. Water to change to hydrogen. Hydrogen energy is very important for space. And of course, uh, for the human, Water is very important. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> um, this is all part of the Artemis project. So, so what was the process of getting involved and getting approved mm. for this mission? I started development 10 years ago. And after that, it takes eight years to reach a certain level of the development. Then I have to open to any so concerned people like NASA, JAXA, and some space companies. So did, did you need like sponsorship from JAXA to apply for the Artemis or did you apply directly or? Next what I did was to make a promotion video. Okay. For me it's take videos. This is my first time. Very exciting it was. Actually, uh, this was a very uh, difficult, dumb development. <laughs> <laughs> All right, getting the video right. Yes, okay. getting the video anyway. Then to upload YouTube. Then send a message 
any concerned space or moon project, such as NASA, JAXA, any space companies, by sending a messenger, please see my video. And if you're interested, please contact me. Really? One or two American companies replied. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. So there was not a like formal application. You just made a video, sent out email and messaging, say, please watch my video and really? Yes. That's incredible. <laughs> For that time, I didn't know the Artemis program is searching the global joint mate. One company said, if you uh, really want to do, you can do. And of course, I surprised. And uh, my wife said, maybe it is not true. <laughs> Scarable, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, of course, this was a true project. The company name was Astrobotic Technology, nominated as uh, one lunar lander from NASA. So even after you made that connection, the evaluation of the technology, the evaluation of the rover must have been very, very severe. Yes. There is two steps. One step is simple evaluation, targeting this should not hurt the lander. After that, detailed evaluation examination is happened. This was very hard. This takes uh, one year to make uh, many, many, many tests. What, what kind of tests were they? Test was simulation of the to going to the moon. So first test is shock test, high Z range. Then a simulating test is shock test. The next is a vibration test because rocket launch time is very not smooth. <laughs> so vibration test. And after that, going to space means a vacuum heat test. Space is, of course, no air. No air means very high temperature for the sunny side. Right, so you can have really high temperature on one side and really cold temperature on the yes. other side. So very big difference of the temperature. Sun side going up to 100 degrees Celsius. And shadow side is minus 100 degrees Celsius. How do they test something like that? Uh, this is a vacuum chamber. Vacuum chamber is used. How did Yaoki do? Did it break and you had to go back and fix it? Or was it okay all the way through? We found that this Yaoki Venerova is very strong for the temperatures. So temperature test is going well. But the most severe test was the vibration. Vibration was really severe. In the test, the teacher said, this condition is most severe condition ever happened. Oh, really? Okay. Maybe this will break because uh, vibration conditions too much. Actually, we failed several times. So you just have to keep re-engineering and improving yes. and going back until you succeed. Yes. The problem is to remake parts is very expensive. Yeah. Well, that's very much in the spirit of Nanakarobi Yaoki. Uh, yes, same spirits. We actually do like this. Yeah. So... What about things like the, the lunar environment, like the, the lunar dust, radiation, and are, are there tests for those as well? Yes, also we did. Uh, maybe we are the first company which do the dust test. Dust test using real uh, lunar conditions. No air and the gravity 
It's six divided one, one six. How, how do they simulate that? To simulate no air is very simple. Just put the sun in the vacuum chamber. But of course, a vacuum chamber is very expensive equipment. So nobody wants to install the sand inside. This was what we are doing, maybe first company in the world. Yeah, especially that, that like spiky silica lunar sand. Of course, the lunar simulated sand is used. Yeah. You also mentioned that you were simulating the 1-6 gravity. How do you simulate gravity? Gravity is very difficult, but the method is very simple. The lunar rover installed into the box with sand, and the box drop down. So you have a vacuum chamber with lunar sand? Ah, sorry. Not the same the vacuum chamber and the uh, gravity test. Ah, so it's they're different tests. Good question. Of course, we wanted to do it at once. Vacuum chamber and drop the vacuum chamber. But that sounds very risky and very expensive. <laughs> very, very expensive and uh, maybe this behavior going to like a police, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we decided separating. So vacuum test and uh, gravity test with rover and with sand. And during the dropping period, the lunar rover switch on and drive. So how long, how many seconds is that test, the dropping test? It's uh, about one second. Of course, one second is very short time. But the test method is just drop. Uh, we can do that 10 times in the day. Each test can have only one second. And by so, combining the data. So combining the data, this is something. All right. Getting back to the earlier question about using technology like this back here on Earth. Does this technology, does it have applications in, in things we were talking about before, like I don't know, search and rescue or toxic waste cleanup or inspection or is that anything you're planning on looking into or are you strongly focused on the moon? For now, we are focusing Moon Explorer only. But after that, we are also planning to use this technology on the Earth, such as pipe inspection, so gas pipe, water pipe, and Yaoki can use as pipe in inspection rover. Also, we are planning to use joint with drone. Drone is, of course, flying, in a flying inspection. Right. But drone cannot make underground inspection. And this rover is very strong and doesn't break even fall down 100 meter height. So please imagine the drone catch this rover and going up and make a search. And if something yeah drone found, then drop out Yaoki on the ground, then Yaoki inspect underground. Okay. So that brings me to my, my next question, which was sort of the, the business model. As amazing as this is, there's not a huge demand for lunar rovers. There's only so many you can sell. So five years from now, will Daimon be focusing on inspection robots here on Earth and still do space exploration as a 20% passion project? In five years, we are targeting, we are dreaming to send Yaoki. The amount is 100 units. 
So is that a sustainable business? Can Daimon make enough income from selling Yaoki to continue development? My five-year dreams is uh, we send 100 Yaoki on the moon. Then uh, we are open control right. It means everybody everywhere can control the Yaoki from the Earth. On the moon? On the moon. So Yaoki act as avatar robot. It means uh, not only operating, but it is getting to travel. Okay, so the, the business model will still be tied to lunar rovers. And also we are planning uh, to sell the rovers itself. Right, for their own inspection projects or different. All right, that makes sense. And Artemis contract between NASA, US, and JAXA Japan, uh, one important thing is the material on the moon, which someone find is their own material, their own... So they, That's yeah, right. they own whatever they find. Yes. Yeah, okay. You've been working on this more than 10 years. How did you raise money for this project? This isn't the sort of project, this isn't the sort of company VCs normally invest in. So how, how did you raise money? Our approach to get investors is different from other companies. What we are different is uh, we are firstly earned money by own. Then we offer the investment. We are now getting money to offer the sponsors because we are providing dreams and futures. Okay, so your investors are not the traditional VC investors hoping to make a return. They're more companies who want to enhance their brand and be part of like the lunar exploration dream. Yes. For now, uh, it's one of the main taking money. Yeah. And also, uh, we have another uh, business model, technical partners. Please imagine 10 years future, there is a big market on the moon. Maybe you want to join. So what to do? If you do from now, then it takes 10 years. Why not to join a project? Because we are going to the moon this year. So, okay, that makes sense. So we're talking about 10 years from now, there's a big market on the moon. Let's, let's talk about that, because I really want to hear your vision of what that's going to look like. So what is the future of lunar exploration? Is it drones? Is it, is it mining? Is it people living on the moon? This year or next year, it's era of moon explorer, which we are joining. Next era will be moon construction. Of course, much, much bigger than uh, the market of the explorer because construction needs many materials. Yeah. Also, lunar construction has many potential. When do you think the, the age of lunar construction is going to start? I think maybe not next year, but after the next year. So in two or three years? Three or three years. Very coming. soon. Very soon coming. And then what follows? Construction needs, of course, uh, uh, it's like to make a village on the moon. So humans living on the moon, a lunar uh, village. Yes. Before human living, I am thinking energy line. So power line. Power line is very important. Also makes 
this is itself is very big market. And after that, there is house, there is power lines, then human can live. So if we're expecting the era of construction to start in two or three years, when do you think we'll have humans living on the moon? Living on the moon within 10 years. Yes, it's okay. I mean, that's soon. I can guarantee. My point is how many earlier than 10 years? Five years, six years? I myself think in five years. So one of the most amazing developments in the last six or seven years has been startups in aerospace. So space exploration since the 60s, 50s, has been governments contracting with large companies to build. I mean, that's just how it's been done. So what do you think the role of startups is in space exploration? Of course, it is, depends on the companies. We are one of the space development companies, but the method is different with SpaceX. SpaceX, of course, target is very big and contract with the government and make big business. Diamond's way is start from very small. Products also small, but the concept is also small start. There are a lot of cool Japanese space startups now. But most Japanese space startups are working with, with NASA or American companies, American contractors, and not with JAXA. Why is that? For me, it's very simple. Uh, when I started Diamond and started the development of lunar rovers, I, of course, contacted JAXA. But their answer is very simple. We don't have the rocket to go to the moon. So your effort, maybe nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that is true. Well, that's a good point. But, but more generally, <laughs> um, there are other space startups that maybe are more appropriate for JAXA, but they don't seem to be working with JAXA. I'm just curious why. Because the NASA changed. NASA also is big traditional uh, government-like companies. But now NASA is changing to make some areas which going on by commercial companies. If I'm talking about the lunar project, uh, NASA decided the project is developing only the commercial companies, not by NASA. Uh, this is NASA's big decision. Before that decision, NASA is also very traditional company, such as NASA is top, and commercial company is the second, like a big pyramid. And still JAXA is using this style. Tax money is gathering and going into the JAXA. After that, uh, JAXA decides how it will be spent, how to spread. Do you think JAXA will change or maybe start experimenting oh. with more yes. commercial? I think nowadays JAXA is also starting to change. When I approach to JAXA, Jackson's question always is, this technology can use on us, not only space. Interesting. Yes. Jackson is now starting to change the mind. The technology is not only space, but should be used on the earth. Then even my small company getting very easily to conduct with Jackson. Oh, well, that is encouraging. That is encouraging. 
Um, okay, Shin, before we wrap up, I have one final question, and I call it my magic wand question. <laughs> and that is, if I gave you a magic wand, and I said you could change one thing about Japan, maybe the education system, the way people think about risk, the way JAXA runs contracts, <laughs> anything at all to make it better for startups and innovation in Japan, what would you change? Uh, I change the human mind that dream as fast. So dream first? Dream is the most important human's right, which never stolen, never been disappointed. Not to make a dream, but to see the real. So oh, that, I love that answer. <laughs> I love that answer. I really do. Because Japan has a reputation of just being very practical and focused and efficient. So you'd say it would be people need to dream big. Coming from my experience, 10 years ago, I said I'm developing Luna Robots. Most even friends says it's good dream. So good dream means not real. <laughs> <laughs> and good dream should be a good thing. Yes, dream should be good things, not bad things. This is what I want to say loudly. <laughs> I think that is a wonderful answer. Shin, thank you so much for sitting uh, down with me. Thank you so much. And we're back. You know, I love the spirit of Nanakorobi Yaoki. N not just in the sense that it describes the Yaoki lunar rover that you can flip around in any direction and it will always be operational but in the way that Shin and Daimon spent 10 years developing a lunar rover before there was even a future possibility that NASA or JAXA would ever look to the private sector for that kind of thing. Shin quit his job and worked for 10 years without a clear path to market. Is this smart startup strategy? Well, no. But so what? Moonshots come from following your crazy dreams. In fact, almost all meaningful human progress comes from somebody following their crazy dream. Shin's comment about how Japan views dreams is informative and, honestly, a little sad. Today, having a good dream in Japan is not seen as a positive thing. And he's absolutely right. Japan won't really change. Japan won't be able to return to the level of innovation and global impact that was, was standard in the 60s and 70s until having big dreams is once again seen as a positive thing, as an inspiring thing. So here's to the crazy dreamers. They are the ones pulling the rest of us forward. If you want to talk more about moonshots and big dreams, Shin and I would love to hear from you. So come by disruptingjapan.com slash 203 and let's talk about it. And hey, if you enjoy Disrupting Japan, share a link online or just tell people about it. Disrupting Japan is free forever and letting people know about it is the absolute best way you can support the show. But most of all, thanks for listening. 
And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.